Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Bird Scooters. Bird offers a fun and easy alternative source of transportation to hipsters all over the country, from San Diego to our very own city. All you need is a smartphone, a pair of skinny jeans, and a handlebar mustache, and you too can be impeding the flow of traffic during rush hour and the safety of pedestrians while zigzagging from the street to the sidewalk on your way to Ponce City Market without a helmet. But get in on a scooter now while the industry is still completely unregulated before somebody inevitably kills themselves or a pedestrian. We will look back on these fast and loose days of city scootering with the same fondness that we look back on pre-2011 unregulated four loco before they were forced to remove the caffeine, taurine, guarine, and lower the impressive 14% alcohol by volume rate. I myself have almost been taken out by two separate bird scooters. You'll soon have the opportunity to be seriously injured by one of these death traps all over Braves country. Bird scooters. Because we'll never turn down a sponsor. Let's start the show. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Talal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going quite well, Graham. Quite well, indeed. It's a beautiful Sunday. you got a really creepy smile on your face right now. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't know what I was going to say to you, but I get nervous every time you start to ask me that question. I'm really put you on the spot now. Yeah, yeah. Every, a lot of responsibility. Every damn week. But I am doing great. Beautiful Sunday. We've got Braves baseball. Mm. Got the U.S. Open on that I don't super care about anymore now that Tiger is out. Um, it's not 1998 anymore, Adam. Let it go. But, that I mean, that was the, the heyday. Of course. We all strive for nostalgia. Everyone loves a comeback. Indeed. Um what else have we got going on? I actually watched the World Cup today. Graham. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at you. Started my day. It was kind of fun. I'll give it that much. Um, really branching out from Atlanta professional sports. I don't know how I feel about this. Little, well, I, I was relating it because I, like people play soccer in Atlanta. Okay. And we, we have a team. We have a team yeah. that we never talk about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very rarely. Yep. What's, uh, what's going on with you? Oh, uh, not much. Uh, saw a very interesting movie last night, Hereditary. Recommend anyone who likes... Uh, horror movies or family dramas to check it out. It kind of blends the two. It's an interesting thriller. Um, that was fun. We had some good drinking last night. Yep. Very, very private session. Played some darts. Played some darts. Lost all three games in heartbreaking fashion. I felt like the Braves in 1996. No, that's fake news. You won the last one. That's true. I did win the last one. Yep. But <laughs> the first two, I felt like I, I, I lost in heartbreaking fashion. Right. Um, but looking forward to getting this uh, show going. We have a very special guest with us today. Uh, user Joseph Bell, uh, Atlanta native, big Atlanta sports fan, uh, is with us today in the Adam Kowal Studios. Welcome, Joseph. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. We're happy you're here. Uh, Joseph uh, is a big fan of all the professional sports teams. Uh, he's also going to talk a little bit about um, Atlanta United as well. Normally, that's relegated to soccer correspondent, Arthur right. Roach. However, there is another person we know that likes Atlanta United that's, enough to talk about it. That's unreal. Yeah. Well, it'll be good to have some uh, intel coming our way. Yeah. And uh, we've, we've been talking about wanting to bring Joseph on the show for, for a while. He and I get into some lively Atlanta sports uh, debates at work. And we got into a very lively one um, 
at work on Friday. Uh, we probably burned a good 20 minutes of working time talking about it, too. It was, uh, it was good stuff. And I was like, you know, we need to save this for the, for the podcast. Right. Um, you if, can't ever have these discussions without being recorded. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I doubt it will be as good as it was on Friday because we're doing it again. But it should be interesting. So we're going to talk a lot about um, the Julio Jones bullshit. We're going to talk uh, Braves as we normally do. We'll look at uh, the, the NBA draft's about to happen. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some United. And then we'll get some uh, personal tragic history from Joseph on his Atlanta sports fandom. Um, so big show today. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to be covering all the teams. So let's start with Julio Jones. Um, officially held out of minicamp. Wait, they, wait, what's this called, though, Graham? Julio Jones Gate. Gate, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Contract gate. I hate these gates. As I mentioned last time, it's a bunch of bullshit. So, yes, we're talking about Julio Jones gate or Julio gate, whatever the fuck you want to talk about it. It's this contract situation. Held out of all of minicamp. I did not realize minicamp was only like three days, though. Yeah. Or however long it was. I thought it was like a week, two weeks. Well, it's not training camp. It's a minicamp. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize minicamp was that short, though. Uh, it was shocking. Yeah, I don't think okay. I did either. Yeah, and they were like, oh, and then... I was like, oh, God, all of minicamp. And then I hear on the radio, it's like, minicamp's over. I was like, what the fuck? It's like <laughs> two or three days. It but was it was mandatory minicamp. It was mandatory minicamp. And, uh, you know, it was one thing really to miss OTAs, but now he misses mandatory minicamp. I also, unfortunately, had the displeasure of watching his quote-unquote training video with T.O. Uh, running up and down this sand dune, sand hill in California. And it was awful to watch that. And I'll tell you guys why. There are a lot of things to be angry at T.O. about. You know, his demeanor, his, his person ability. He, you know, he's a diva. But his preparation always, has always been committed, and he is a world-class, was a world-class receiver. However, when I'm watching this video, you just hear T.O. just go, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're working. You don't really see them start doing anything about two minutes into the video. And, you, and he gives his flip phone to, or his flip phone, sorry. Flip phone, huh? his, uh, his, it was a little like a quality of a flip phone. The, 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 the picture quality was awful. He gives it to Julio. And Tio runs up the hill once, comes back down, runs it up, runs up again. It only goes like halfway up and then comes back down. And then he gives it to Julio. Julio looks like an old man hobbling up this hill. Um, and then he just sits down after that. He goes up and down two times and he's like, ooh, Jet Jones, he working, he working. I'm like, it's a bunch of bullshit. Joseph, have you, have okay. you seen this video? I have seen this video. Because general, like, I'm assuming most of what Graham just said is bullshit. He he interrupted my work to show me that video. So no, yeah, I, you saw I, it. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, the things that I, I want to say about that. First off, To excellent receiver. As I said, I, he's a hard worker. Yes, I'll give him that. And yeah. he and he had some level of longevity. Yeah. Uh, barring his injuries later. No doubt. Year. He learned that specific hill climbing thing from Jerry Rice. So he's had a little bit of training doing that compared to Julio. That's that's fine. It's a good I'm not I'm not disputing yeah. that that is a good training method. I'm just yeah. saying what I saw, like you're gonna present that to the world. It's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. <laughs> he looked, Ter- Julio looked like an old man. He looked like he was more ready to go than, than Julio. Terrell Owens is no like Michael Mann. He's not gonna create this screenplay of like this epic uh, run up a hill type of thing. He's just gonna record something I and say Don't some, wanna say see some dumb that. Things. It That's was very do. unsettling. I don't understand why him exercising is bad. Yeah. No, it was Julio sitting there for three minutes of the video and then he gets up and this great work, gets up with this great reluctance and it's just like Goes up a hill like he's, you know, some old man with a hundred pound weight on his back. I was like, I am not, this is, this is not filming me with any confidence So you're saying you think you could do better? No. <laughs> I would look like, you know, 
I would look awful. I am awful. But I'm just saying, like, that doesn't instill me with any confidence in anything. And I'm not, Julio looked like he was in great shape. And I'm making a, a, a mole out of an anthill, whatever the fuck the expression yeah, is. Mountain out of a molehill. Mountain out of a yeah. molehill. But I don't want to, well, I'm already pissed off at Julio for missing this mandatory time where he could be helping Calvin Ridley. We could be getting in sync with Matt and Sark. He's dicking around in California, sitting there, looking like he's just wants to kill himself. And with, with, with T.O.'s ass. I don't like it. I, I Even if he is actually training hard and doing the things he needs to be doing, he's not doing it with the team, and that's bad. So the, the OT, or uh, this minicamp, I'm, I'm not really, like, I don't think it's ter- a terrible idea that he's not here, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there are some negatives to it. Like, him not being with Calvin Ridley is a big problem. I think Sanu can help him out enough, but for three days, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing that's going to worry me is if he doesn't show up uh, in Florida with Matt Ryan and the rest of the receiving core. They said that there were reports that were saying he is going to be there. Yeah. That's like opinion. the thing Matt Ryan organizes every yeah. year. It's uh, not Falcons. not with the team. Yeah, it's yeah. not made by the Falcons. It's made by Matt Ryan. Right. So, which you would think, if it's by Matt Ryan, it has nothing to do with the team, the which is right. who Julio should be having his issues with. Yes. Of course. Although we all know it's based off the Matt Ryan contract as mm-hmm. well. So there's some some uh, angst there. Sure. I think it's off of that, and it's off of how much he's getting paid this year compared to other receivers. He's at like twelve five right now, and you have like uh, Mike Evans at like eighteen. Mike Evans is a beast. Yeah, Mike Evans has an albatross contract too. So yeah. and he also signed it like after Julio signed his yeah. contract. Yeah. Like that's the market fluctuates, changes. Mm-hmm. If anything, Julio should fire his agent for saying he got me a shitty deal. Yeah, I mean their issue was like it was a five year deal with Julio. I believe he should have just done a three year deal, knowing that this would be his last chance to get a payday. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of five, he's like thirty one. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not getting no. And now he's that's when. Wide receivers die. Right. And he probably realizes he's closer to the end than the beginning. And he's got to get paid one more time. So, I mean, I, I understand where he's coming from in that sense. But I also just hate that what this is doing to the, the brotherhood. And what this, I don't think it's really doing anything to the brotherhood. Well, the thing is, is I have a feeling it's going to create a domino effect. Grady Jarrett's going to get pissed off. Jake Matthews can get pissed off. Other people, Deion Jones can get pissed off. We don't have, you know, salary cap isn't infinite. I know Thomas is a wizard with moving money around, but at the same time, we have people that need to get paid to actually have their contracts running out and don't have three years left on them and demanding more money. Bullshit. Jake Matthews and Grady Jarrett don't have nearly as much uh, like contract power as, as Julio does. No, but they're going to demand... Jake Matthews Certainly. is going to get overpaid. Certainly, yeah. Which is bullshit, because he's not, he's not the best. He's an average, solid tackle. He's not an elite, but he's going to get paid like an elite tackle. Deion Jones should get paid like an elite linebacker. Because he is an elite linebacker. And Grady Jarrett should get all the fucking money in the world because he's a top three defensive tackle, and you can't overstate the importance there. Julio is a world-class receiver. He's a top three receiver in the league. I agree. But so you clearly, I, you clearly have a big opinion on this. Yes. So let's put you in uh, Dimitrov's chair. All right. You're that guy. You're sitting there with your scruffy beard and your... Shorts and well, well, if I'm Thomas Dimitrov, then I'm clean shaven. I'm assuming you look. You, you I weigh hundred. Yeah, I have a hundred. I weigh 150 right, pounds, and I am ride and, a bike everywhere. I ride a bike everywhere. I'm the biggest. I'm not saying you're world. you're literally oh, him. I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> you have his job. I have his job. Okay. So I'm assuming you would wear your flip flops to the yeah, office, right? Um, drive the Camry with all the tomahawks in the back and the boxes of cereal. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you're you're in that position to make a decision. What right. do you do? Well, we have really two options, maybe three options. First option is you cave. 
and you figure out, okay, how can we make Julio happy? Do we give him um, more guaranteed money? Do we move money around and get him paid more? Do we make the rest of the contract guaranteed? Whatever. There's that option. You cave. Whatever his demands are within reason. Option two, you say, okay, Julio, hold out, see what the fuck happens. Play a game of chicken with him, which could be really stupid. Option three, trade, which no one wants to do. I don't know of any other options other than that. So I didn't ask what the options are. I said, what would you do? What would I do? Okay, so those are the options. <laughs> a, B, or C. I would say my big thing would be A, which would be guarantee him all the money on the deal. Say all this money is guaranteed now. Shut the fuck up. Let's go. That would be my congratulations. My you just made one of the worst GM decisions I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Why guarantee his, his money? I I wouldn't do a full guarantee. You would start low, and you would. That's where the conversation comes in, right? He may come up higher like that, but you, you don't just say I'm going to give you all of it. Like that's no guarantee him the money. That's it's really not that much. Nah, it's 12-5 a year, as you said. Unless he, breaks, unless he breaks his leg yeah. this year. All right, and so be it. That's the risk you take. What, what, you, what would you do, Joseph? I would start lower than that. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily give him, like, full guarantee. I would, I would still have some incentive to this contract, but uh, that's, that's where I would start with the conversation. Hmm. Where it ends up, could end up being a full guarantee. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would start there. The the thing is right now where where I see Julio is where where, where I think he's at right now, uh, he's kind of like where Calvin Johnson was at towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He runs with a weird like f- for all the good that Julio does, he has a very aggressive running style and an aggressive playing style that can lead to a lot of like small injuries that can start to add up over his career. And he's not going to have the longevity of like Larry Fitzgerald. Right, he's not going to have that type of longevity. So, do you think he also can't? translate his game to something like a Fitzgerald where he could alter it and say I'm not what I was but maybe I can continue not in this team mm, okay uh, I, I think that he, if he gets moved to like more slot receiving it maybe mm-hmm. but Sanu is already in that spot right mm-hmm. now and uh, I so there's a little comparison thing that I was thinking about with Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson got a lot more targets than, than Julio so uh, he's going to last longer than, than what Calvin Johnson uh, lasted. He also doesn't have the ACL, MCL stuff or the back issues. Uh, so I think Julio's going to last probably up to like 33, mm-hmm. and then he's going to start diving yeah. uh, pretty hard in value. Uh, so when he's seeing that uh, age 31 come up for, for him, he's not going to get yeah he's not going to get a, a good contract by that time. Right. Uh, him trying to get the most out of his money. Uh, that he can right now is probably where he's gonna where he's gonna try and sit. Like, I, I mean, I don't blame him. Who do you think his advisor was though? Like, is To his advisor? No. Probably his agent. Yeah. And maybe him himself also had the notion because he he knows his body better yeah. than anyone, right? Like, he knows like I have issues. I have foot problems. Like, I have the feet of a geriatric loser. Like, my feet are done. I've had so many foot surgeries and ankle issues. He's had ankle issues going back to Alabama. Yeah, he had bunions in in college. Right. So he's had. His fractured feet. Right. He's had a ton of issues yeah. there. So he probably realizes, shit, there's a sense of urgency here for me to get as much money as I can. So I think it's a combination of things. It's probably to, him. It's probably his agent. Maybe T.O. also so got his ear. I think the best case scenario for him with all this, he might get a couple more million out of it. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Versus if he gets better with his team and wins a Super Bowl, 
the marketing power of him, and he goes and gets himself a huge sponsorship. Well, that's the other thing, like, too. Who, like, I've seen commercials with him recently within the past years, and it's like some bullshit company like Captain D's. He has his own clothing <laughs> line. He has his own clothing line, and that's and as he, far as I know. Well, he also, he also had a commercial, I think, yeah. for Xfinity. Yeah. With Comcast, and then he was also in something else I can't think of at this point. But there are other ways to get money. Right. LeBron James... I'm not saying he's LeBron, but yeah. think about it. LeBron was one of the lowest paid in terms of like superstar athletes, yeah. probably in the world in terms of just his basketball money. Yeah. What he did as a businessman was went out and did a bunch of shit, signed a bunch of contracts with Nike, with whoever, yeah. you know, and marketed the shit out of himself yeah. to the point where he was making more money off endorsements than he was making off of off of you know his contract as a player. The problem is Julio Jones isn't LeBron James. He doesn't have that personality. No. Julio Jones is a cardboard cutout of a human being. Like from from a personality standpoint, uh, right. from us looking at him. Yeah, right? but he could go out there and figure out more ways to make money. He Jet, be a more, Jet yeah. Jones Jet worked Jones. for Delta. Yeah, yeah. Like he he could go out there and do. <laughs> <Don't> work for <laughs> he, he's and that's possible. Just work for. But him. just a even, even though he's he, you're right, he's not a LeBron. But yeah. Jet he, Blue, he, there you go, Jet Blue. Right, <laughs> United. He, right, he has. He has, he, he is a household name. You talk to any, any even a casual NFL fan, they know who Louis yeah. Jones is. He is one of, he is, like we're saying, top three receiver in the league. He has the ability, I think, to go out and get more money for himself doing these endorsements. Maybe not to, not to a LeBron level, but more so than he's doing. So there are other ways to monetize his value other than football. Go back. And like you're saying, if best case scenario, I'm not saying you're right. Let's say you are. Let's oh, use your right. Right, right okay. Yeah. Let's say you're right. Yeah, you're right, Adam. What if, it, what if the best case scenario is only a couple more million? Is it worth it to hold out right now and jeopardize the potential of a Super Bowl because you're not preparing your team Matt Ryan to try and get a couple a, more million dollars? Matt Ryan says he's a great teammate, though, Graham. He is a great – historically, I agree. Right now, he is not being a great teammate, though. There is no suggestion to say – or I, I should say that you think that it's Julio Jones and Matt Ryan aren't in conversation. Like, I'm sure they're talking. talking each other they're probably point. not – Or talking with Calvin Ridley. Like, he could be doing all that stuff. You're speculating. You yeah. have no idea. Yeah. That's what we do. We speculate. Yes, that's, we're here for the hot takes. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. You have, there's no verity to your statement. Yeah, of course, but there's, there's no verity to anything we're yeah. really talking about. But at the same time, it's just, what the hell are we even talking about? It's a good question. I'm just <laughs> concerned from a selfish standpoint. Who is being selfish? Let me be selfish for a second. This you're gonna start asking for more money on this show? Maybe so. Maybe I'll hold out. <laughs> I do all the hosting. I put a lot more prep I, into it. Yeah, I do the editing. <laughs> I pay the premium SoundCloud yep. fees. No, I agree. You, you, you deserve more money. Yeah, man. I deserve more money. What the fuck? Um, no, but I just from a selfish standpoint, I want like let's say this worst case scenario. This probably goes. This this keeps going. This goes through training camp. If that happens, I'm petrified. Yeah, I'm no, absolutely I, I petrified. That, that this has the potential, even the slightest potential, to jeopardize our chances of a Super Bowl because of how important Julio is to the offense. And people can bitch about all they want about the three touchdowns. And I bitch about it. You bitch about it. We've all bitched about it. Could not overstate his importance to this team. And I'll bring up a critical stat I looked up this week. With Julio on the field, we were first in the NFL in pass yards and fourth in the NFL in run, run yards per play. Without Julio on the field... We were 15th in pass yards um, per play and 27th in runs. This is play. just in last, last, last year? Last year. His value to this team, even though he's not scoring touchdowns, is incredible and it's invaluable. And he needs to be there 
And we need, and if he can get more in sync with Matt, we can get more touchdowns, then great. But if we can't, just having him there is so important because he is the reason why we're able to score points because he is so valuable at offense, even if he's not directly scoring the points. I, I think you're conflating two things. There's Sark scheming with Julio, and then there's Sark scheming without Julio that you have to add to the conversation here. Because when he's on the field, Sark obviously knows how to use right. Julio, at least getting down the field, sure. not necessarily targeting yeah. in the end zone. but and, and a lot of our OCs have had trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're thinking about that, his Sark scheming was just pretty awful oh, it's uh, last year. Yeah. And just e- even like with the subs coming out with Freeman and, and Coleman and the Eagles yeah. game. Yeah, and we've, we've talked like about that, that yeah. enough to the point where it's like, yeah, he doesn't know how to use his running backs. Yeah. He doesn't know who has the hot hand, and he's a dumbass yeah, so in that regard. He, I feel like Sark's a little bit like it, he's kind of dead in the water with, even though we have a lot of other skill players yeah. on our team, he's he, kind of just dead in the water when he doesn't have that that like special player out like Julio out mm-hmm. wide. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I just don't see that with that specific stat, there's a little bit more at play than just Julio being in and Julio being out. That's a good point, but I'm just saying it's still like you have him on the field, you feel a hell of a lot better. Though. Yes, yeah. So well, we have the Calvin Ridley factor this year, though, as well. Well, we don't know what. I mean, I expect good things from Calvin. This Rave year. reviews so far, indeed, from minicamp. But he's not going to be able three to days. Like, for example, if Julio's holdout extends into the season, I don't expect Calvin really to fill that void. I don't expect anyone to fill that void. You can't fill a void of a fourteen hundred yard receiver. Well, they're both first round picks from Alabama. Maybe they're the same guy. Shit. <laughs> Same guy but, shrunk a lot then. Yeah, right. <laughs> but that's that's just the question, man. It's like, how long does this go? I'm scared. I'm getting scared. At first, I was upset. Now I'm just now I'm scared. Got a long time before the start of the season. It's true. And training camp isn't until five weeks. Maybe we can get something hammered out here. But I mean, that's it, it. Will jeopardize the Super Bowl if it goes into training. If it goes like two or three weeks in training camp or the season, we're fucked. We aren't. We aren't going to the Super Bowl if that happens to me. Just to go slightly off tangent here, uh, if it was somebody other than T.O. training, with yeah. him, would you have... Who would it be? Like, what, what if it were Marvin Harrison yeah. instead? I feel a little better. <laughs> yeah. At least Marvin Harrison's a, you know, not a... Marvin Harrison reminds me of... Or Julio reminds me of Marvin Harrison yeah. in the sense of their demeanor. That they were both elite receivers, but weren't, you know, bitching about getting the ball more or saying all this shit to the media and being a fucking diva. Does Julio need to bitch about getting the ball more, though? He got the ball plenty last year, 400 yards receiving. I don't think he does. Not in the end zone. Well, as we've discussed, there are a myriad of factors that contributed to his lack of red zone success. There, there's, there's, there's Sark, there's him and Matt's connection, there's the defense. Now, what I don't understand is why the fuck can Antonio Brown, who sees similar coverages to Julio, be so effective in the red zone and we can't do it with, with, with Julio? Play calling. Maybe he's better. You can argue that. I'd say Antonio Brown's the only guy who's better than Julio. He doesn't have as many drops. He has more touchdowns. He gets comparable yard yardage and receptions. So, but it's just interesting to me how like he's able to, you know, get around double teams and shit like that and faces similar coverages and is bracketed like crazy. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably a play calling thing too. But I would like to see from Sark something that happens to us seemingly like all the time is pick plays where a receiver picks uh, a corner and that leaves another receiver open for a touchdown. Like, we don't run any pick plays for Julio. Where is that? It's just ridiculous. There you go, Sark. Graham's got the answer pick for you. Pick plays. Yeah. Run pick plays. That's, that's I'd like to see one. 
I like to see it tried. If we did the play that the Lions did against us at the goal line earlier this season with Julio as, uh, as the first Oh, where receiver, it came up like half a it. yard short. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, Julio's going to face a shit ton of scrutiny from this fan base if he does not perform this year. Like, we're still talking in three or four months and he hasn't scored a touchdown and maybe things aren't in sync. Like, what? Like, I'm going to go ape shit. I've got a hot take, Graham. Yeah. This is all fake. The Falcons have orchestrated this to make people forget that we blew the Super Bowl two years ago. Well, now, yeah, it's all we're talking about now. I think that's fair. I like your conspiracy theory. (laughs) (laughs) There's one problem with that. We have the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Well, it's they, gonna come right back up. Yeah, it'll it'll get back, yeah. but for now we're not talking about yeah. it. And uh, Julio is such a great teammate that he's like, Coach, I'll be the one to do this. So good on you, Julio. Yeah, way to go, man. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we've talked it to death. Yeah. But is there any on Julio? Yeah. A- any other Falcons news you want to talk about? Uh, that's really it, man. I think unless there's anything else you guys know of. That's the only thing I've been paying attention to, really. Uh, in the camp, uh, of course, Ridley was having a pretty decent show. Yeah, Saubert actually had some. Saubert's apparently turning heads. Yeah, yeah. is he the? He's the second year tight end. Yes, he's the fifth round. He's fifth round selection last year. Last didn't, year, didn't right? really see the field. Yeah, in any notable fashion, I think he special teamed it up a little bit. He but took the mantle of uh, Toilolo's brick hands. Yes, yeah, uh, since Toilolo's gone. Yeah, so um, hopefully he can. Catch the ball. Well, that's the big thing I want to know is is, is this the year? Because as we know, like Matt loves his tight ends. Like he had a very special connection with Tony Gonzalez. Obviously, Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end of all time. But you know, he was a critical asset in the red zone, and it seemed like this year Hooper was not a factor in the red zone at all. So can he get more involved in the game plan? Slash, can he contribute more? Um, that's a big question for me. Like I think it's going under the radar, but Hooper needs to fucking show up this year. Antonio Gates is still out there, Graham. He is. And actually, now, you know, now do you think to, it's an option? To your credit, the Falcoholics stole your idea because they wrote about that. People keep stealing our ideas yeah. left and right. They, they, wrote, they wrote about that uh, like two or three weeks ago about Antonio Gates. And I was like, oh, yeah. that was fucking Adam's We idea. said that like four months ago. Yeah. What yeah. The hell? We get no credit for anything. Nope. We're, we're the true pioneers of Atlanta sports yep. talk. And I thought we were stealing other people's shit, but right. they're stealing our exactly. shit. Very unfair. <laughs> yeah. Something that we could actually do is use Julio as a tight end. As uh, in the goal, I like, like, like at the goal line. Yeah. That's interesting. Come off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, play against the outside linebacker instead of the cornerback. That's not a bad idea, Joseph. We need to hide. Now that we got Ridley out there too, I like I like where your head's yeah, at. That could outside be, the box. Right. Do some trickery. As but you know, Sharks form of trickery is fourth it's and sweeps. Is so. fourth and one to do a jet a, a double fake handoff to Kevin and Devontae, and then jet sweep it to Taylor Gabriel to get tackled for three yard loss at the goal line. Or Teron Ward. Or Ter- don't talk about that shovel pass, man. That haunts my dreams. I thought about that the other day and got so mad. So mad. <laughs> Were you sitting in traffic when you thought about it? No, I was sitting at work. I was pissed off about something. <laughs> and, uh, Figured you were somewhere where you didn't want to be. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I thought about that. I was just like, oh, fucking German shark. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's – I like that idea, though, using yeah. Julio in a, in a goal line package – and vary it up enough to the point where he's not used on pass, pass you know, in a passing situation all the time. Run the ball a couple of times when I'm out there so they keep the you know the opposing defense honest. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. If Warren Sapp can do it, Julio right. can do it. Exactly. Brilliant. 
Sark, I hope you listen to this because yeah. that's a pretty fucking good idea. Get, get crazy with the scheme. It's the twin back stuff, so have Freeman and Coleman out there. We've got to do that more this year. That's a big thing for me is I want to yeah. see them on the field at the same time. I want to split both of them. And, you know, yeah. I want to come out on a three-wide receiver set, have them both in back to them, split them out and go five-wide. Yeah. Do crazy shit with them, man. They're, they're playmakers, for God's sake. Ridiculous. Come on, Sark. Okay, let's go... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's go uh, into some Braves talk here. Uh, Braves have had a good week, Adam. Yep. Current, just, just when we were starting to get worried. Just when we were starting to get worried. They've been beating up on the bad teams. Uh, we're currently, as of today, on June 17th, 2018, we're 41-29. and 29. First place in the National League. Two East. and a half games up? Two and a half games up on the Washington Nationals. We're starting to cool off a little bit, which is nice. Um, and we've taken, we, we swept a two-game set against the Mets, and we're Currently have won two or three against the Padres. The fourth game of the series is wrapping up as we record this podcast. Um, so hopefully we can win that series as well. That would be a very good week. Um, thoughts about this week and, and Braves baseball, Adam? Yeah, I mean, we were starting to wor- worry a little bit, but I mean, going on the West Coast is never an easy thing to do. It's always rough, and we just historically suck ass in San yeah, Diego and, for whatever reason. And, I mean, San Diego has been hot, yeah. so if we could take three or four at home, That'd be huge for us, but um, something that I, uh, you know, San Diego. Yeah, you're right. They have been really kicking ass, but you're you're exactly right about their bullpen. After you mentioned that last week, I looked them up, and Jesus, they have one of the best bullpens in baseball. Yeah, I mean, they have a four man rotation, and like so, once again today, they're doing a full bullpen game. Mm-hmm. That's their new style. So, like, like I said, that deal hasn't happened yet, but it but it could. We can we can hear tonight that we've made a deal. Padres for one yeah, of relievers. pick up one of those guys. Um, but yeah, we've been looking good, and like, like I mean, same. We kind of been saying the same things every week, but they all still hold true. Mm. Doing this without like anyone completely tearing it up right now, minus Freddie. Yep. Um, playing at MVP level still, yes. but like Ozzy got it going a little bit this week. Ender got it going a little bit, which was good to see. Yeah, Ozzy really picked it up in that uh, storm that game against the Dodgers on Sunday. Hit a, you know, we lost that game. He had a homer. Hit a huge grand slam against the Mets. Yep, that was, was awesome. Spectacular. Um, yeah, Ender's picked it up. He hit a bomb. Um, one guy who came off the disabled list this week who pitched out of his mind was uh, Mike Soroka. Oh yeah, had a no hitter through yep. I think six or five, five and two thirds, six and a third, something like. That. He was just cruising. He had like three pitch innings, six pitch innings. That game took two hours and nine minutes. It was incredible. That's awesome. I, I started watching it late uh, at work, and uh, so I could fa- I could fast forward it. And I was like, you know, there'd be times when I, I wasn't paying attention to the game as much, and I'd look up and be like, well, goddamn, the half inning's already over in like three yep. minutes. Yeah, they were cruising. Incredible. Um, his stuff looked sharp. It was great to see him come off the disabled list and just kick a bunch of ass. Um, even though the Mets' offense sucks, it was it was a spectacular start for him, and I'm very glad he's healthy again. Yeah, so, I mean, we were starting to look at possibly one too many starters, which is a good problem to have, obviously, because right. Anibal... Anibal looks brilliant this week as well. He's been amazing, his last two starts. Yeah, um, uh, he's going deep into games. He's varying his stuff up. The great location, command on his pitches is, is tremendous. He's not getting into a ton of trouble either, and... Um, very underrated signing. Hey, man, keep throwing him out there every fifth day. He looks great. But we don't have to worry about that. As Snicker said, these things usually work themselves out because Fulte is going on the DL with some sort of... Yeah, he came out... something, Some sort of strain? Yeah, strain 
arms arm strain of some sort. I, was, I thought it was a little... Oh, yeah, triceps. Yeah, triceps. Tricep issue. Yep. So he's on the disabled list, um, which was weird because it was like, he looked pretty good through like five innings. I'm like, what the fuck are you taking him? Why is he coming out? And I was like, oh, he's You're hurt. about to get mad at I was about to get upset. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? He's actually pitching well. Like like in the sense that he didn't have like nine hundred pitches through five innings like he normally does. Yeah. Um, Gohara got sent down today. He did. Which I think is the right move. Ever since he's come back after seeing his mom in Brazil who was sick, he has not looked very very good. Well, he also is hasn't had a role. He's just been doing mop up duty. Right, which I don't think is good for him. And one thing that is kind of confusing to me, and it's and it's done in baseball a lot, is like you have a guy who projects to be a starter. And you use him in the bullpen. Is that just like just to get him some action? I'd rather just him just stay in the minor leagues and keep working on his stuff if he's just going to be used as a, as a mop-up guy. Um, I mean, I do think giving him major league experience is valuable. Right, but that doesn't translate necessarily to saying, you know, it doesn't get him into a routine at all. It gets him into like, okay, you're going to be used sporadically out yeah, of the bullpen. Yeah, and, and that's why he's going back to Right, well, I think it was an ill-advised plan to begin with. Though. Right. I just don't know why. It's not just the Braves do it. A lot of teams do that, and I just have never, never understood it. But say obviously so. Luke Jackson's called up. Um, whatever. <laughs> and what else happened this week that was notable? Oh, Freddie Freeman is leading all. Yeah, all star votes came yeah, out. We were, we were supposed to plug this last week. We, were, we didn't. We, we forgot. Freddie Freeman, Braves country. You've done a great job of of, of voting for your for your Braves. Um, Freddie Freeman leads the National League in all star voting. Very fair by a wide margin. By a wide margin, he fucking deserves it. And uh, Nick Markakis is second in yep. the outfield. Yep. Ozzie Albies leads second baseman. Even Johan Camargo is like third for third baseman. Yeah, which is funny because um, he's been yeah, we could have like pretty five, bad. Yeah, we could have five or six All-Stars this year. Yep. Although Camargo has played good defense overall. Um, and Freddie Freeman, I mean, my God, I think he's had two more bombs this week. In every major offensive category, he's in the like top, top four. Five. Top, top yeah. four or top five. Yeah. And he's first in most of them. Um He's, he's leading the league in hitting, on base percentage, I think, and runs, uh, weighted runs created. He's just, man, what a beautiful season he's having. We've known for the last couple of years that he's a superstar player, but I think the rest of baseball is finally realizing that. Yep. And the good news is that he's been 100% healthy, no wrist issues. Um, so I hope he remains healthy for the rest of the season and, and fucking wins the MVP because he deserves it. He's put in enough work, and he is the beast of, of – the National League. Here's my question. With um, Acuna, he's starting, uh, about to start a rehab assignment now. Yep. What the hell do you do with Charlie Culberson? Culberson's been playing out of his mind. I think you got to put Culberson at third now. Well, there's a period of time, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against that. There was a period of time when he started playing more. I was like, what the fuck is this Charlie Culberson loser playing so much? Like, give me Preston Tucker out there, but Culberson... Has just been on fire ever since he's been inserted into the everyday lineup. Go back to January, Graham. One of our podcasts when we when we got Culberson, I was like, "You're gonna like this guy." Yeah, I was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> "And yeah, I, he's a like, clutch player." I'll eat my words. Yeah, he just bunted for a single. Um, hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still really exciting. One thing that I want to point out too is I was watching the Braves game. It was I think it was Monday night or Tuesday night, whatever night Ozzy hit the home run, the grand slam, and. There's a shit ton of people in the crowd. Yeah. It's great. People are so excited about this team this year. Even that the noon game on Wednesday was 30,000 people. Yeah, it was just nuts. I mean, there's only 41,000 seats in SunTrust. Yeah, it's good that the Nationals are cooling off. The Mets are dead to rights. The Phillies are cooling off. I mean, 
I know it's still early, but I think it's it's. Was that this lead for like what a month and a half now? Something like that. I, I think it's time to stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think we're in this. So now the question becomes: Do we make a significant move? Just get bullpen help. About rotation help. I think McCarthy still sucks. We have six starters now. No. Yes. Not healthy. Yeah, but like, I mean, you've got Fulty. Yes. On the disabled list. Ten day, he'll be back. All right. I mean, we got six starters with Anibal coming back and okay. Soroka. So, like, I don't see a dire need there. The rotation's I, not our issue. I would still, like, the question is, Adam, do you, do you go for it this year? Do you I think really you go, go for I it? I think you, you go for it. This team, I don't think, as currently constructed, can really compete for but anything significant. You, they can get in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go very we're far. We're to the point now where you think rotation as far of what's your postseason rotation. My postseason rotation? So McCarthy's not involved. In no, that. he's not. I... Newcomb is, is your ace. Newcomb, Fulty. Newcomb has been outstanding. He has been um, still struggling with walks. He gets in trouble a little bit but um, in that respect. But he works his way out of it, and he's only had like two kind of like pedestrian starts in the last like month and a half. Every other start has been really fucking good for the most part. Yeah. So he's your ace. Um, Fulty the number two. would be the number two. Um, other than that, and I guess Annabelle's your three right now. I don't really trust anyone else because I think Tehran's a bum. Julio, yeah, he'll be there, though. He, yeah, he'll be there. We're, but he, we're, we're stuck with him. Gonna, we're you, stuck with him. We're stuck with him, but he's not a guy I want to see pitching the postseason. I want make a move for a good, like a very good starter. You don't think Soroka? What if Soroka turns into a three? Soroka, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I would still like somebody who's had... Then Annabelle. I would like someone with experience who's not an old man like Annabelle. Annabelle's 33. He, he feels he's like he's four years older than all you. All right. Well, he's five years older than me. Let's, let's, let's not cheat my age here. Whatever. Um, I would like someone who's younger than that, who is a you know a relative beast that we can make a move for. I don't know who that is. I don't want Cole Hamels. He's kind of looked shitty recently. I know you've been high on Cole Hamels, so I don't want him. I want to make a move for a starter, and I want to make a move for a third baseman. So you're ready to get rid of prospects? Yes. It's time. Big big time prospects. If we can wing it and it's the right fit, and if we really think that this team is special enough to make a run, I have no problem with it. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, but Adam I hate can't be I as hate, conservative. I hate trading prospects. The rebuild is over. Remember the Mark Teixeira trade. But this is not a desperation move. This is a move to be made to improve the team. It's not to... It's not a desperate move. Pretty sure move. that move was to improve the team. It was improve the team, but it was a desperate in, move. In the now. This is not a desperate move because we have a good enough team. That 2017, Tashira played pretty well. Let's not forget. But we didn't win anything. We didn't win anything, but the team around him wasn't good. The rotation wasn't good. This team has that it. Can't explain it. Can't quantify it. It's a good team. You're getting people overachieving like Ozzy Albies and, and, and Nick Marquez is having the season of his life. He's, you know, and Freddie's an MVP, which we already knew. He's an MVP caliber player. But now, we just need a couple more things. Bullpen help, rotation, and a third baseman. And who knows? You get in with, with those improvements, anything can happen in baseball. Because it's not the NBA where the Warriors are going to win every time. This is baseball, where this is one of the most beautiful postseasons in any professional sport or collegiate sport. We need to go out and get Scherzer. I'm not trading with the Nationals. <laughs> and they would never give him up. But you, you want a Scherzer type, though. I would love an ace. I mean, it would be ridiculous, but I would, I would love it. If we can somehow 
I'm trying to think of teams that suck this year, and none come to mind with like an amazing pitcher, like a Scherzer level type of guy. But Cole Hamels is the only option. I mean, I wouldn't be a, totally opposed to that. But that's not really what I'm looking for. Regardless, though, I think regardless of making moves or not, this team is is a special squad. But it has some warts that could be improved. You improve those warts, anything can happen, I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up the Braves coverage for the week. Uh, and keep voting for keep voting for the Braves for the All Star uh, team. You can vote up to thirty five times. Five votes a day. Five votes a day. And you can make multiple accounts. So once your 35 votes run out, make another account. Just cheat. Just cheat the system. Yep. Oh, by the way, we'll go ahead and throw a quick tease out. We had a big uh, marketing meeting this week mm. with Atlanta's own. Yeah. And uh, our last promotional event was a flop because I realized it wasn't really a promotional event. It was like us trying to ask people that already know about us to come see us as opposed to trying to go to a place where there's already people and introducing ourselves to them. So <laughs> we needed new people, not the same people. So should we do a thing like a career fair where we go to a career fair? Career no, fair I already told, oh. I told you what, we're, that's the, what the meeting was for this week. Oh, yeah. So we, we're going to be at a Braves game at some point over the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only clue I'll give you is it's going to be similar to back at Turner Field when there were Chef's Chefs. McCann's Cans. McCann's Cans, Frank Kors, Frank's. Yes. We've come up with an ingenious one that uh, we've done plenty of testing on. It checks off everything. Yep. It's going to be big. Paul Bird is definitely going to interview yep. us. Paul, if you're game. listening, prepare yourself for a weeknight game. Yep. Because we're coming. It's going to be strange, but it'll get attention. Yes. And if it doesn't, I'm going to be pissed off. Then we give up. Then we give up. We're yep. canceling the show. That's the end. <laughs> That's the end. Yeah, yeah. That'll be all she wrote. That's the end times. It's our best idea ever. It is. So watch out for us on uh, Fox Sports South or Fox Sports Southeast. And the next <laughs> or the news. Or the news. And the <laughs> next <laughs> when, when Adam and I are arrested for, for streaking across the field. Uh, in the next month, month-ish. Month and a half-ish? Month-ish, yeah. This summer. Sometime this summer. We, we got some things to put together first. Yes, we do. It's going to be elaborate. All right, so let's talk about a team we haven't talked about in a couple of weeks, friends. Let's talk about your Atlanta Hawks. True to Atlanta. <laughs> Hashtag. Um, the draft is coming up in just three days. So on Wednesday, no, Thursday, excuse me. I keep saying it's the 18th, it's the 17th. On June 21st is the NBA draft. We, are the third, we have the third pick in the first round. Um, Joseph, what have you been hearing about the Hawks? So, uh, a lot of everything. They have just been doing misdirection for these past few weeks. Uh, They bring everybody over for workouts, say they're the best player available, and then go to the next person and say they're the best player available. Uh, From the interviews that they gave to the players, uh, to uh, Bagley, Bamba, and and Young, uh, Bamba seems like he wants to play for Atlanta the most. Uh, uh, no. He's talked with Embiid uh, about uh, our new coach. Uh, Lloyd uh, Pierce. Yeah, yes. Lloyd Pierce. And uh, Embiid's basically kind of sold him on uh, Lloyd Pierce as being the, the coach for him. Uh, that's not going to say anything about who we're drafting right. necessarily, right? It's, it's just, it is it's something just where, 
Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba also said his his workout here is probably the best uh, place he's best place he's actually worked out. Uh, so it it seems like he wants to be here. Why is his stock rising so much? I watched a little of. I, I probably watched two or three games with Texas this year, and I was not impressed. He's, he's a lanky big dude who gets a couple of rebounds, and he averaged double double. But I didn't think see anything that said this guy's an NBA level lottery pick talent. I wouldn't necessarily say he's big. He's long. Right. Uh, he's not like Aiton. Aiton's big. Aiton's, yeah. He's like, uh, a, he's like a young Shaq. Yeah. That's who Aiton reminds me of. Or like David Robinson, yeah. I think is what... He, he's even lankier than Bagley. And I think Bagley, to me, as I've mentioned many times, is the most NBA-ready player in this sort of like lottery, to me. Which we don't need, though. Which I want. Um, but like, he's so fucking skinny, man. Yeah, so like I just don't think he's 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 pro level material with his. Well, you know, Graham, uh, the NBA has a strength and conditioning program uh, where these are nineteen year old kids. I mean, he needs they to gain like out. fifty pounds. Oh, you don't 20, know shit. Twenty five. Yeah. Like, like he yeah. is so. I feel like you could just break him over your knee, even though he's him he's, with Durant and Giannis too. Like they're they're different not players big. though. Those those guys are swingmen. This is a supposed to be a big man. This is supposed, it's supposed to be a, to be a stretch, a, big man. Yeah, yeah a center. Because Collins is going is not going to play a stretch. No, Collins is your like interior guy. Yeah. So I don't really. I'm not interested in Mo Bamba, and it's disturbing that we're working him out. Like to me, he's like disturbing. It's disturbing. He's a he's a he's a top twenty five. Well, you got to give all the if the, if you trade back. Like he's a fifteen. He's like an eighteen through twenty five pick to me. He's not a lottery pick based off the two games you watched yes. this year. That's all I can go off of, Adam. What do you have to say about it? Nothing. You haven't seen shit, so be quiet. I trust the Schlenk. Yeah, trust and trust. I don't trust him yet. I'm a Trey Young man myself, and I know that rumor is going out this year. I mean, it this is. week. I know he was happy working out for the Hawks this week. Yes. I heard a little snippet on uh, I think ninety two nine. Did you hear about Larry Drew guarding him? I mean, not Larry Drew. <laughs> You're obsessed with Larry Drew. <laughs> Lloyd Pierce guarding him. Oh, really? Yeah, like during the workout, yeah. Lloyd Pierce got out there. I pictured like like an L A. Fitness. Uh, where you got the old man like wearing like the knee guards and like the headband right. getting out and guarded these high school kids. Mm-hmm. That's what I pictured. But I mean, I, I, the more I hear about Pierce, the more I like him. Yeah, he seems like a very personable guy. I know he's been around the city. He went to training camp, I th- or mini camp, and I, he's gone to a Braves game. He was at the Atlanta Dream game. He's at the Atlanta Dream yeah. game, he's been he's been he's been getting to it. Um, I've liked everything I've heard about him so far. Even though I was really ambivalent initially upon his hire hiring. I. Uh, Ever since then, I've been like, oh, okay, yeah, looks yeah, good. He's a he's an active coach. I like that in, in him, right? Uh, compared to, I, I mean, as much as I love Bud, yeah, Bud is a fantastic coach to have, uh, especially for the the team that we were building. Yes, uh, but yeah, having having a more active coach that's uh, actually wanting to play defense against his yeah. his Co- players, connect with yeah, the players it's a lot. More. It's kind of like when Dan Quinn gets in the trenches a little bit with the defense. Right, you know? it's the same kind of thing. That makes you, as a player, I imagine, want to go go you know run through a wall for a guy. Who's going to do the same things with you and, and things like that? So, what are your latest thoughts on Trey Young, though? I think you know it's interesting because then we kind of run into the Dennis Schroeder problem if you draft Trey Young. Oh yeah, he's he's gone. I assume we're going to get rid of Dennis, but if we don't, then what was? I just think if you don't draft Bagley. And you draft Trey Young with the third. Like if Bagley's available, you better fucking take him. But if but if he's not, and Trey Young's there, I'm not gonna hate it. 
but I would rather get like a Jaron Jackson. I think Jaron Jackson. I've, I looked more at his tape, Adam, since you mentioned him from State, and I think he, I would prefer to have him over Trey Young. Joseph, what's your take on Graham's obsession with Bagley? So I actually am really, I really like Bagley. Yeah, you do. So here's why. <laughs> He's not. He doesn't have the size of like Aiton or or Bamba. He doesn't have the like the physical characteristics of that. But he has the work effort to like. Outshine both. Of them. Haven't you seen? His so he's like Sheldon Williams. No, he's more like <laughs> Draymond Green in terms of the work effort he gives for rebounding specifically. Okay, his the other parts of his game are a little bit shakier, but his his rebounding skill and the amount of work he puts into that, I think he can translate it to other parts of his. Don't game. Don't you think too that his like post moves? You've seen enough of them to be like he can make some NBA level type of post moves to me. I feel like he can develop a few maybe go to moves, but mm-hmm. like. He's. I don't feel like he's going to be any type of like super stud yeah. post move guy. See, yeah. like I, he's, when, not, he's not going to be that. When I when I watched him play this year, there were a couple of times where I was like, "Fuck me, that was an NBA level move." Like when he was just backing guys down the way he can shake goods out of his shoes and still score. Um, really impressed me yeah. when I watched Duke this year, and I think that, and that's just me. Like mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong about that. As Johan Camargo just, I think, hit a free run homer. No, it's off yeah. the wall. We just scored some runs. Would have been a three-run homer until Graham jinxed him. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Shut up, that Edward. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hugo. Um, nice. Two runs for the Braves, up 2 nothing in the bottom of the fourth now. Very fair. Um, well, I, I appreciate yeah. hearing that from Joseph. That seemed like an educated take <laughs> right. versus Graham's just eyeball test that he's been going off this entire time with nothing else to back How it up. How is that any different? I so, backed up my no. stat. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I backed he, up my he, stat. He compared him to an NBA player. I backed Gave up. a reasoning for why he liked him besides just, I looked at him and he had some good post moves. No, this I've one said game more I than watched. that. Have you not been paying attention? I, I can't, no. Shoot 60 every, every time you talk about Sarkeesian or Bagley, okay, I kind of okay, just let me, black let me, out. Let me stop. Let me just say it again. Let me say it again for the record. Give me the truth. Sixty. He shot 60% from the field. 40% from three-point range. That counts for something. But he played in the toughest conference in but you uh, did, college you did, We already had this discussion, too. You didn't mention his free throw Free percentage. throws suck, but you can develop that. Which is no one is No one is a perfect player coming out of college. Even LeBron James isn't a perfect player coming out of college. Bigs always have trouble improving their free throws. They do. And you know what? If he's That's not, why I like Jaron Jackson. Okay, so Shaq sucked at shooting free throws. Charles Barkley wasn't the greatest free throw shooter. Charles Barkley was the rebounding champion. Shaquille O'Neal is a Hall of Famer. Fucking whatever. There's a, there's a reason, a there's a reason yes, why bigs is. that don't shoot free throws don't play in the fourth quarter as much anymore. Because they get hacked. Yeah. And they're not efficient. Right. Right. But, but there's out of all the players I've seen that are in the lot should be a lottery pick, yeah. Bagley has impressed me the most from what I've seen. I am not gonna sit here in grandstand and say I am the authority. Or grandstand, if you grandstand. will. Grandstand. I'm not going to grandstand <laughs> and say I am the I am the authority on who we should pick, even though I kind of do that every show. But from what I've seen, that's the guy I want. But here's what I'm looking at, though. So think about the marketability for a rebuilding what team. Marketability. You need a marketability. Up yours, of you son of a bitch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you don't need marketability. Yes, care you about, do. You, you need to get people in the these next. Couple of years don't matter in terms of marketability. Bagley it matters about developing the team. Bagley versus Trey Young, though. Trey Young looks like that guy who has the potential. Like he's already getting the set. He has the potential. <laughs> Our producer Tiller just decided to uh, take one bite. Take of food. one bite of her food, and I looked at her, and she she left. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. So Trey Young 
Why do you care about marketability at this point? He's already getting the Curry comparisons. Oh, Jesus. Don't. Don't start with It's that. happening. Well, let me tell you something about Curry, all right? Coming out of college, no one thought Curry was going to do shit. They thought he was going to be a, a decent six-man, three-point shooter. Now he's the top five player in the world. Exactly. How many times has that happened? Ex- Thank you, Joseph. Especially with players of his size. Yeah. A couple. Who? Other than him. Yeah, a couple. Okay, fine. I'll, 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 I'll talk about arbitrary statements. <laughs> Up yours, pal. There's an arbitrary statement right there. I'm just telling. I know the people of Atlantagram... They're gonna be more. <laughs> they're gonna be more excited about Trey Young at his deep threes versus another post player. I mean, from okay. Duke. Do you think it really matters? We've already had our post player from Duke, Graham. They blew that one. You should not put Marvin Bagley in the same and stratosphere. Also, also, keep in mind as as. As uh, him as whatever. Keep in mind, we, we, as, as as Sheldon Williams. Would you say best case scenario, Marvin Bagley is Al Horford point two? He's, he, I think he's even better than Al. So Al Horford's like the best player we've ever drafted, and no one gave a shit about Al or appreciated People him. People loved Al. They didn't appreciate him hundred percent. Al is like the Julio, except he's not as good as Julio. Yeah, so, so Al, 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 Al was, was beloved, player. I think. Uh, Al was a boring player. I beloved Al. No, he, I loved Al. See, that's the thing. He He's was, a fundamental guy. So yeah. if you liked fundamentals, you yeah, like Al. Like Graham. But yeah. yeah. But the, the people of Atlanta. I, hate, I hated Al when I, I didn't hate Al, but I, I did not like when he started shooting too many threes. Yeah, do you want Hakeem Olajuwon or Tim Duncan on your team, right? Like, Tim Duncan's going to bring the people in. I want Tim but Duncan. Tim Duncan. I want the big fundamental and wins five championships. Right? Yeah. If, I'm fine. If we him. want a superstar, Bagley's your guy. Trey Young's the guy. If you he want, might be a complete bust. But he could also. Let me tell you something about Trey Young, all right? Every time I watched Trey Young, there was only one moment where I was like, ooh, that was cool. Because I missed the big shit when he was happening in like November, December, early January when he was scoring like 30 points a game. After that, he dropped off the face of the planet. Because his team was garbage. His team was bad, but like that out garbage. The man could pass too, man. I think, I think, I think I only saw one good pass from him. And that was in This that doesn't day. matter what you saw. It Ugh. does matter, because that's all I can go off of. So why would you be so passionate if you clearly don't have all the info? I can only go off of what I know and what I've seen. It's just like Marvin he Williams. He led the nation in assists. Big shit. Okay. That is big shit. His, his usage rating is really high, though. So, like, him leading the league in assists, uh, it's because it's it's his because team sucks. The only like, reason Oklahoma made the NCAA a, tournament a, is because... The committee said people yeah. want to see Trey Young. It wasn't because the team was good or deserved it. Did you watch Trey Young almost win that game by himself? I did. I watched that whole game. Yeah. And he did it. It was fine. But it's like, I think, I don't know. I'm stuck on Bagley, and that's all I'll say. There's can finish so, this segment. There, <laughs> if, if Bagley's available, I would take Bagley. If Bagley's taken, which he most likely is going to be, uh, like one and two. Who has the second pick? Sacramento? Uh, I think so. Yeah, but do they, they, do they need a big? I don't know enough about them. It's best player available. Like you're, I guess, passing up on back. Like his floor is NBA ready. So like Luke, he, he's ready to be a starter. I agree. Luka Donk, Luka Doncic has yeah. dropped from a lot of and a lot of mocks I've seen recently. He is supposed to be a top three guy. Now he's dropped. Which the bigs are so stacked this year. Well, it it's, pisses me off because I was expecting Aiton to go first, Donkic, and then we would get Bagley. Now I don't think that's going to happen. You think Bagley goes before us? Yeah, now I do. 
Well, good. Then we can just take Trey Young. But I don't think he's worth. I don't Trae. know if Trey Young is worth getting. Thank you, Joseph. I think uh, his floor is like Lou Williams. So you want to take Lou Williams with the third overall pick? If you get Lou Williams, you if you get Lou Williams, and, and that's the he's worst case scenario, that's not bad. Too. Yeah. So, but I, I agree with him in the fact that Lou Williams has hot streaks and cold streaks, very similar to Trey Young. His IQ, or like a Jamal Crawford, someone yeah, like that. Yeah, his IQ is there in some parts, but he can make some really boneheaded decisions. Trey Young can't, like with his shot selection. Right, uh, but I, I that's think a lot of usage, that's, right? that's and also, a shitty that's, team. That's, that's, I think it's a, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. it's a product of his team. You but, can train out of that. So if right. you play, if we play that type of Hawks basketball, pass heavy, uh, passing out. The oh, it's a different. It's going to be a different Hawks basketball team, Joseph. Now that Bud's not here, yeah. Who knows what Lloyd Pierce is going to install? Do we know how good Trey Young's catch and shoot is? No. Like because he na- he mainly did it off the dribble, right? So yeah. Because he was the point guard. Yeah. He would pull up a lot and then just take the shot himself. Yeah. There was one game I remember I was watching at the gym. Um, <laughs> one of the and, two games Graham watched. Right. In January, it was a regular, February, it was a regular season game. And I was like, and they kept pulling up the stat, you yeah. know, in between sets, I'd go over there and watch the game. They kept pulling up the stat. Oh, Trey Young has like two points, but he's like shot 14 that's, field goals. That's, he is the, the J.R. Smith big head mode type of thing. Mm-hmm. If he gets hot, he gets really hot. Right, but if he doesn't, uh, he's cold as ice, and that's the it's thing. It's very that, similar to Lou Williams, right? Like, there's, right. there's the. Do you guys want to say that you want to spend your first overall draft pick on a guy no. who's? Like, I said that's I his floor. Has that volatility? That's his floor. But has that volatility? Like, I don't look. I look at Bagley. I say this guy's NBA ready. But we're not. Our team's not NBA ready. What's it matter if he's NBA ready? Well, then you. It's would about you rather have a guy who's NBA ready or not? If the other guy is going to end up being a better player, then I'd rather have the guy who's not as NBA ready. You now don't know that, that we though. can coach up. You don't know that, but the Schlank you, knows. The Schlank also let our coach walk without getting anything for him, so he is on my shit list. This guy, I, I, I can't get into that argument yeah. with you again, Graham. You know that's bullshit. Let's, tra- let's trade Coach Bud for the number four overall pick. Sure, I mean I'd be like that, but get another draft pick for him. Trade him to Milwaukee. Like we went over. They tried. You don't know they... Nothing. You don't know anything. You're speculating. And even if they did, they should have... That's just using logic, Graham. Oh, logic. All right. Well, you know what would have been logical? Don't let him quit. Trade him for something. Get something for him. Because if you don't... They tried. Well, then just keep trying. Don't give up. Don't let him walk. He's a valuable commodity. And you know what's funny is that maybe I'm full of shit because he still doesn't have a job. I thought he got hired. He did. <laughs> oh, who hired him? You're full of shit because you don't know anything that's going oh, on. S- All right. Who, who hired him? I, I thought he The Bucks. Hired. Yeah. Oh, the Bucks officially like, hired him? Immediately picked well, him up. Well, Jesus. Why didn't we fucking trade them to him? Because they realized that they could just keep holding out and that we yeah. would eventually God have to get him. God damn it. Bud was going to leave. I know that. But Jesus, God. <laughs> don't let the man out of his contract. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> wow. Get Brandon Anders over the Hawks here. I am. Over the, the worst professional sports team we have, historically. I'm going to get a, an aneurysm. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's plausible. Let's, let's take it from an 11 to a, like an 8.5 Fuck. here. And, uh, so, Trey Young. <laughs> I would, uh, let me revise that. Um, I wouldn't say Trey Young's floor is Lou Williams. I would say his floor could be a lot worse than that. If he doesn't, if he doesn't actually uh, like take to like the like tr- take to training, like yeah. and actually 
result or revise his game a little bit mm-hmm. from the usage that he had at Oklahoma, the uh, importance he had on the team itself. He's going to have to be a little bit more of a selfless player. Yeah. Uh, if you, he doesn't learn that and kind of plays towards where Schroeder's playing right now, mm-hmm. we're going to have a problem. And like from an organization standpoint, I think more so than anything else. And but I, I think he can make a transition like yeah. that. If That's we not if, say that he can't. If we don't trade Schroeder, what happens to him if we draft him? What's his? What, how is he used? He becomes Schroeder when uh, we had Teague. So he's basically the behind Schroeder. Yeah. Sub sub guy. Mm-hmm. If we do, if we trade Schroeder, is he a starter? Uh, yeah, probably. You're rebuilding, right? Who else do we have? McGet. Right. No. I'm, yeah. Okay. So. Um, interesting. I think we're getting into a little bit of uh, repetition here with the Hawks segment. I want Marvin Bagley. Adam doesn't give a shit. I'll I'll I'll, I'll end with Trey Young. All right. Marvin Bagley is the safe pick. Trey Young's the potentially more exciting pick. You think he has a higher ceiling? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Thank you, Gabe. Gabe was supposed to stay quiet in the background, but of course he has to chime in. (laughs) He knows nothing about the Hawks, but he decides to chime in anyway. Um, Okay, that's fair. So, uh, Joseph, how is uh, Atlanta United doing? They're doing great, first in the league. All right, moving on from Atlanta United. Uh, Let's get into our... (laughs) Let's get into our user interview, then. Joseph, it's been a pleasure having you here. I think you've added a lot to the show. Let's talk about your history with Atlanta sports. You were born here, yes? Yes. Uh, Born and raised outside the perimeter. Okay. Uh, So, I have a slightly different perspective. Uh, I, I went to some games... Course growing sure. up across uh, all the all the teams across all the teams yes uh, including the Thrashers wow very fair uh, nice so uh, yeah I mean we've we've had our ups and downs uh, as we all know yes uh, but uh, I've the the few games that uh, I remember coming out uh, or going to the I think it was the 2012 Ravens game where we came back oh I was at that game too. yes I wasn't I didn't see you but yes. I was there <laughs> <laughs> we. That, that comeback. That, that was spectacular. That where Roddy scored the touchdown mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll remember that forever. Uh, yeah. And we, we've had, uh, of course, uh, our, our brave slumps and, uh, of course, going to the playoffs and just Fucking up. falling off. Yeah. M- much like the Hawks. Sure. Right? So, uh, we, we know loss. Yes, we, we know we loss. Know, we know mediocrity. Where does your passion for Atlanta sports come from? Is it, a, is it a family thing? Is it a? Did you discover it yourself? Is it a friend? Is it, it like where, where? Where? Like how did you become ingrained in this saga of sorrow? Uh, it's, I would guess genetic. Okay. Uh, yeah. So my 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 parents are were into sports, so mm-hmm. uh, they got me the sports at a really young age, uh, which led me to like the teams that were here because right. they we could watch them. Sure. Uh, so, uh, and we're, we're all fans of the Falcons, we're all fans of the Braves. Uh, I'm the only one that's a fan of the United, because everybody else in my family hates soccer, so. Fair. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been an enjoyable ride. Uh, I got a question. Sure, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite offensive lineman for the Falcons from the early 2000s? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I love Dahl and Claybo. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, that that duo was uh was always fun to watch. What about Todd McClure? Of course. Yes. Can't go wrong. Classic. The correct answer was Roberto Garza. Oh but yeah. You were close. <laughs> Didn't really thrive until he went to the Bears for yeah, some reason. True. Um, the fact that we know that proves that we are Atlanta sports <laughs> yeah. fans. Pretty much thinks we're frauds. 
Um, <laughs> do you? Uh, what's your What's your favorite Atlanta sports memory? Favorite sports memory. Uh, I've I've really okay. So this was actually I mean this is a bittersweet one, but uh, when Atlanta United played the New England Revolution, uh, mm. so I had a ticket for the game. Was that the playoff game? No, that was no. A, that was a season game. Okay. Uh, well, uh, it was. <laughs> so I ended up getting shingles oh. like a few days before, so I couldn't go. That game I watched from at home. We ended up beating them seven to zero. Shit, uh, I remember that game big. Yeah, yeah. it's an absolute trouncing. Uh, I think uh, Bob Kraft is the owner of that team yeah. too, which is just nice. a little even better. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a recent memory. That's uh, that's pretty fun. That sticks out. You know. Yeah. What? Obviously, we know what the worst memory is. I think. Uh, yes, we all know what the worst memory is. It was that Super Bowl loss. Adam, is that your worst Atlanta sports moment? I still always go back to the infamous day when the Braves lost to the Astros in 18 innings. That was rough, too. 2005. Yeah. And the Falcons lost to the Patriots. On a last second. After hitting a 60-yard field goal. Yes. But a timeout was called. And, and then, then we he missed lost. it. Yep. And I was on the Marta train. <laughs> and you were extremely talkative to strangers, which... Or that was the playoff game. That was the 2012 the NFC, NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was different. When you were horribly talkative to people on the train when I just wanted to sit there and be depressed. And a good stranger to Atlantans. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah. Um, Another dynamite drop-in by Gabe. Right. But you but you would say the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would I would most definitely say the Super Bowl. It was interesting for me. Like I, I put the Super Bowl and the 96 World Series together. The game where Jim Larratt hit the hit the home run because mm-hmm. I was at that game, yeah, and I cried myself to sleep that night because you were six. I was six, and then oh. during the Super Bowl after the Super Bowl loss, I also pretty much cried myself to sleep that night or because I, you were drunk. Because I was drunk, but I wouldn't have cried anyway. I think if I was sober, he would have cried soberly. Yeah, and um, I don't know what hurt more because '96 was my first sort of memory of like, oh my God, we're cursed because I was six years old, and that was the first moment where we like we really fucked up. This. You know, Super Bowl loss was the moment I realized, my God, we're cursed forever. We're and historically I'm, cursed. We're historically cursed, and I'm 27 years old. Either way, I cry, but, you know. Um, I, I, I can't really pick between the two. Um, but interesting. There, yeah, so the, the 2015 Hawks was another fun one. Was that the 2014-2015? Yeah. Yes, yes. The so Eastern Conference Finals team? When Tabo broke his leg from, from yeah. New York, I was like, it's Atlanta time. Yeah, like it's, from like getting falsely arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys like like broken by. He was going to be the person that would be defending. That LeBron did hurt. Too. It was him and who else? Uh, I can't remember who else yeah. was there. Zaza, no, Zaza was off Zaza. the team at that point. Yeah, no, I can't remember. As someone who had a role. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But like, like Tabo would have been defending LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, that yeah. could have certainly helped. Yeah, a shit. Ton. But once that happened, I was like, we lost that. God, yeah, yeah that, that was a missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. A very particular memory you have there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what keeps you ingrained in, in, in the suffering? Uh, much like a Bills fan or a Browns fan, I I'm here to the end. Uh, Love your there's, loyalty. There's no other team that I would rather root for. Uh, we got the best colors. We've got the we we've got. I think the culture's changing too. Mm-hmm. So with with uh, United coming in with the Hawks having trying to like draft younger, we we want to make sure we're building actual teams now instead of just trying to get vets. Well, I think it's interesting uh, across all four teams, we have really, you know, it is about 
the youth. It's a yeah. youth movement. Yeah. Which I think is great, uh, which I agree with. Like, you know, the Falcons' young defense, and then the the Hawks rebuilding, and then... Ozzie and Acuna. Ozzie and Acuna, and the Braves. And United, it's just, everybody's just like this fucking young stud, so, I mean... We've got great podcasts with young talent, like... Right, young yeah. talent, and, and, and our, in our really, late 20s, you know? Just really spreading the word. Here, great user, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, you know... 14-year-old listener, Joseph Bell here. Yep. Just kidding. 26 going on 15. 26 yeah. going on 15. Um, yeah. Uh, got any other questions? I don't think so. Anything else you'd like to uh, comment on, Joseph, about so, the state of Atlanta sports? Do you, know what, do you want to know what I did after the Super Bowl? Please. So, uh, so Graham, and I, Graham and I worked together. Uh, we had... You took the day off after, right? Well, I worked from home. You worked from home. I didn't start working until about 12. Yeah. I ate an entire pizza, frozen pizza, and slept, and then started working around 12. So I was at, I was at uh, another friend's house. Uh, there was about 25 people in, in uh, like a theater room we were, we were watching it at, and uh, there was one Patriots fan. No. We had two Patriots fans at, at, at the party we were at. So it was 24 people that were... There were Atlanta fans and, and one Patriots fan. Yeah. And, uh, was the Patriots fan a shithead? Uh, no, uh, calm and collected. Like at the end, were uh, I would I would give them uh, the ability to celebrate, but they didn't shove it in that's anybody's good. faces because that's, that's a that's a twenty four v one fight that you're gonna have to get into right. after it, right? Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was so dejected. I was just a shell of myself at the end when I left. I, so I brought my own like chair, my own folding chair, and a few others, uh, I was, when I was going back out to the car, I set them on the back of the trunk, I didn't put them in the trunk, and then I just left, and they rolled off, and I realized, oh, I, I left my chairs there. Oh, it wasn't on purpose. No. Okay. <laughs> no. But you didn't give a shit. Uh, yeah, so I... I, 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 I was hoping you would say you were going to, you took those chairs and took them to the back of the head of the Patriots. <laughs> That's what I was saying, too, yeah. You killed him. And blood. Yeah. <laughs> this is my confession. Yeah, this is my, yeah no, but yeah, it's a, it took a good 30 seconds to get back out and stop the car, put those chairs back in. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty like, mild wow. compared to Graham punching the Gra- wall Graham? of the house. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I, I don't think I could ever do what Graham does. Uh, I yeah. broke my glasses. Graham's a passionate man. Yeah. I broke my glasses. I cried with you. I punched the outside walls of the McKenzie home. Yeah. I ripped up grass. I screamed. Um, it was rough. Is, is, <laughs> so it was rough. He, he came in with glasses like really crooked, looking like this. And our boss said, I can't take you seriously. Oh, the next day. Yeah, it was funny too. I gave a really passionate, because like our, our boss had just, he was pretty recently, recently started. So he started in like late November and then the holidays happened. And so it was like, you know, early February and I gave him this really big speech about how we needed to change this stuff, change this, change that. It was like a five, it was like a three minute monologue. And then he just looked at me and said, you know, I can't take you really seriously at all the way your glasses look right now. And I was like, I need to go to Lenscrafters. Sorry. Sad. I need to go so, to Lenscrafters. So I took him over to Lenscrafters. New sponsor. <laughs> New sponsor, Lenscrafters. Yeah. It's a cathartic Saving cathartic professional reputations. Yeah. yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, I'm able to watch the game. Uh, no. I'm able to go back and watch it now. Uh, oh, no. So, yeah. oh, you, oh, God, I would never do that. But, <laughs> so something interesting that happened was a friend of mine, um, give him a shout out, you know, he doesn't, maybe he listens to the show, I don't know. Peter Birdsey, who I'm godfather to his child, firstborn son, uh, I saw him recently, 
and he said he's a big Georgia fan. He loves Atlanta sports, but he's Georgia football over everything. And he said, I cannot watch the games anymore unless I know they've won. Like, he's gotten to that point where it just tears him up so much that he can't watch it unless they, he knows they've won. So, like, the national championship game lost to Alabama. He was like, yeah, I knew they lost. I, I cried, but I didn't watch it. And then I watched 20 minutes of it, and I couldn't watch it anymore. You might need to Do take th- a breather from sports. Right. Do you yeah. think... We'll ever get to that some some point like that. I mean, when I watch a Falcons game, I'm basically like having a mild heart attack. Right. It's, I look it's, like I've just eaten like thirty. It's probably taken. Sweating. I think it's probably taken thirty yeah. years off our lifespans. Yeah, easily. Collectively. But do you think any of us can ever get to that point as as impassioned? If you get to fans? the point, then it's like, what's the point of what? Yeah. What you're doing here? That's what I was saying, telling him. I was like, Jesus, man. Like, you know, especially him. He's got three children. They're all really young. Stressed out enough. That, that that's like your three hours to kind of enjoy yourself. Right. That's what I was saying. He was like, "No, man, I just, I just can't, I can't handle it." And I was like, "God, God damn," you know. I think that's what makes me like Atlanta. It, it's the constant fear of loss. Right. It's always hanging over you your head. You are never confident of victory. It's hanging over your head like the yeah. sword of Damocles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those that understand that reference, that's a good reference. thank you. Um, on that note, I think we should. Uh, I yeah. think we should wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Joseph, thank you for stopping by the show. It was a lot of fun. It's my pleasure. Um, thank you all for listening, whenever and however you listen to the show. Uh, so until next time, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality soap. Hospitality soap. I did want to say real quick, <laughs> Gabe, do you have anything you need to chime in? Any questions about how old somebody is? Quick Lee would be the correct. Uh, Adverbs. Adverbs. So. That's what I got. (laughs) Thanks again, Gabe. Goodbye. How old is Teheran? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's feeling right now. Ten strikeouts through six innings.